The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. It's a pleasure to welcome journalist and women's leadership advocate Marianne Schnall to this episode. Marianne is the founder and executive director of Feminist.com, which is a leading women's website and nonprofit organization. And she's also the author of the new book, Leading the Way, inspiring words for women on how to live and lead with courage, confidence, and authenticity. And she's also written a new book for girls called Dare to Be You, inspirational advice for girls on finding your voice, living fearlessly, and making a difference. Marianne, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Talk to us more about your background and why you've been so motivated as a champion of women in leadership. I sort of came at it not in a direct way. I had started out as a reporter for Us magazine. It's one of those people you saw on the red carpet doing kind of celebrity interviews about really mostly fairly stupid stuff. <laughs> um, and But it was, you know, obviously it was in my 20s. It was very glamorous and exciting at the time. It's where I definitely got comfortable. It sort of just awakened in me, you know, both sort of just a little bit of an activist awareness, particularly around women's issues. And then also this idea that I could interview well-known people, but about the causes and organizations and, you know, more important things that they wanted to, you know, advocate for. So, that sort of became a little bit of my niche. And, you know, I did that for InStyle Magazine and, you know, interviewing like Meryl Streep about Mothers and Others for Livable Planet and Bette Midler about the New York Restoration Project. And it was a great way to sort of just learn about all these different causes. And as part of that, I also got to interview in-depth well-known women, whether it was from a Gloria Steinem to a Madeleine Albright to a Melissa Etheridge and Maya Angelou. And so that was definitely, I mean, a lot of my journey was part of some of the people that I have spoken to, which is why so much of that is now in my books, because literally they have been part of forming my own thinking. And then the other part of it was that Feminist.com was launched we're about to celebrate, if you can imagine, our 25-year anniversary next wow. year. And I didn't even, literally that happens, you know, my husband, his background's in solar energy and the environment. Before anybody knew what the internet was, he'd gotten this domain name, ecomall.com, was developing that out. And I was at a picnic and there was like conversation with this women's studies major. And the next thing I knew, by the end of the night, I had the name feminist.com. And so, you know, it was really upon me to like gather some friends and colleagues and figure out, okay, what was I going to do? What is this? What what can I use this for? And that turned out to be a very organic way to develop feminist.com. And we were the first web space for like the Ms. Foundation and V-Day and Equality Now and all these great groups. And so it's been a really interesting sort of way to come into all of this in the same way with What Will It Take to Make a Woman President, which was my book that I did before, Leading the Way. 
came out of this question from my daughter Lotus about why we'd never had a woman president. And I took it out there and, and got, got all these interesting answers and decided to do a whole book on why we haven't had a woman president, what we can do to have more women in leadership. And I've also launched a whole women's leadership platform at whatwillittake.com. So it's kind of just been very, as I said, an organic process of my learning through these experiences, through running these platforms, and through speaking to some of these incredible thought leaders. And then I have to say, finally, on a personal note, being the mother of two daughters and watching them grow and become these very empowered, centered young women and seeing sort of what's possible when you give girls the right messages. And we mentioned that you have two new books out in recent months. One is Leading the Way, Inspiring Words for Women, and the other, Dare to Be You, Inspirational Advice for Girls. And I'm wondering if you could tell us more about how you think the words of others help to inspire us and encourage us and motivate us. I mean, that's why I keep feeling like I have to like do these book projects is because I do feel like I've had really the honor of speaking to such a wide variety of different types of influential people in sort of our culture and, and our world. And that is everybody from Oprah to Melinda Gates to Jane Goodall, you know, to Natalie Portman or Nancy Pelosi or Sheryl Sandberg or Ariana Huffington. I mean, really, honestly, these are some not only successful women, but these are women who've had really interesting life paths and have a lot of wisdom to share and life lessons. And I think that what I like about throwing everybody together in like, for example, a book project is that sometimes you can be talking about the same point and yet looking at it through a variety of different lenses and life experiences and a diversity just in the types of women that I've spoken to, I think is very illuminating for us to really deeply understand some of these issues for ourselves and how it plays out in our culture So um, I know for me that I just return time and time again to wisdom that I've learned from talking to some of these people. And one of the chapters in the book is called Find a Mentor and Then Be a Mentor. And I'm wondering what kind of guidance you've received along those lines. I definitely have had an unusual situation where I've had some more of like well-known mentors. I mean, I think that there are a few people that really stick out for me. One is Gloria Steinem, who is somebody who obviously I've not only interviewed, but she is somebody who I would consider very much a mentor. And I actually talk about this a little bit in the book, you know, these stories of there are like two specific events that she was at that one was at my book launch for my first book, which was also an anniversary of Feminist.com, where everybody was sort of saying all these very nice things about me and my work. And she came up to me afterwards and said, how does it feel you know, to be celebrated in this way? And I, I said, oh, well, it feels good, but really I'm just a conduit for all these organizations and people that are here. And she sort of stopped me and she sort of said, you know, Marianne, take it in. This is for you, like own your accomplishments. And I feel like, again, this is something like all women need to do because a lot of times we'll like push out, you know, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it really wasn't me. But I think that's part of like us totally. knowing our worth. Yeah. And then the, the other thing that she did was a fundraiser that she held for my organization where we were talking about working on a shoestring bug budget. And afterwards she came up to me and she really just instructed me to learn to ask for what I need. So those two stories stick out with me. And then I'll just say Eve Ensler, who's, of course, author of The Vagina Monologues, and she founded V-Day, this anti-violence global movement. 
she's somebody that was founded at my dining room table, V-Day, and I saw when she had this idea to that she was going to use her play to, she wanted to stop violence against women, and it seemed almost like improbable that such a thing could happen, and yet she has gone on to raise over $150 million for programs all across the globe, and so anytime I think I have an idea that feels like too big, I just like <laughs> think of Eve. So I've had unusual stories, but those are just some of them that I would consider mentors and people that role models that I have really learned and been inspired by. One of the chapters in your book, Dare to Be You, is titled, It's Not Your Job to Please Everyone. What did the thought leaders you interviewed have to say about that? Oh, my God. I would just like to like underscore that like 10 times because that is just such a, a problem that holds women and girls back is this notion and who can blame us because like we're really you know conditioned mm-hmm. to want to be liked and please and, and be popular. I mean, it's something from girlhood on, which is so detrimental. And then it's really true. I and mean, that's what I heard from the people that I interviewed. First of all, like you really can't be an effective leader. You know, even if you think about it in politics, there's just no way you're going to please everybody. So you almost have to like let go of just even that as like, a possible goal. It's, mm-hmm. And you can't be a good leader if you're like worried about what other people think. You have to do what you believe is right. The people that I spoke to, what I found very uniformly, I mean, the one that always occurs to me is when I think about Nancy Pelosi, who, of course, has broken so many barriers twice, the first female speaker of the House, is that she sort of, you know, I would say to her, how do you deal with all the attacks that you get? Because, you know, we see how like powerful, ambitious, confident women are, are often, particularly female politicians, are often have victims of like these sexist attacks. And she sort of just said to me, oh, that's sort of their problem. Like, I don't think about it. I don't let it get to me. Or when I interviewed Anita Hill and asked her how she dealt with the fact that she knew she was going to be the subject of so much personal attacks when she spoke out so courageously against Clarence Thomas. And she said to me, it would have been harder not to speak out for what she knew was right. So that's what I hear a lot of the time is you have to like really just decide that is not a priority is this notion of being liked because it'll throw you completely off really your true self and voice. This episode is sponsored by Ritual. We're glad to have you as part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners, and we want to tell you about Ritual's essential protein products. As you may know, protein powders can be intimidating. But the fact is that we all need protein. It's not just about muscles. Protein helps support bone health and so much more. And as we go through life, our protein needs change. So it's important to choose a mix for different life stages. Ritual's Essential Protein is a delicious plant-based protein powder with three distinct formulas designed to meet the body's changing protein needs during various life stages. There's Daily Shake 18+, Daily Shake 50+, and Daily Shake Pregnancy and Postpartum. Each of these three thoughtful formulas contains 20 grams of pea protein per serving. Ritual's Essential Protein Powder is a good foundation for your health that's easy to incorporate into your daily rituals. I just add water, shake, and sip, and I love the great taste. So do I, and we think you will too. It's a delicious handcrafted vanilla flavor from sustainably harvested Madagascar vanilla bean extract. There's no added sugar or sugar alcohols. It's soy-free, gluten-free, and non-GMO. We've used Ritual's products for several years, and we're big fans of their multivitamin and gut health products as well. We really appreciate that with Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, you know the what, how, and why of every labeled ingredient 
ingredients. Ritual offers a super flexible subscription service with free shipping for subscribers. Ready to shake up your protein ritual? Our Nobody Told Me listeners get 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash NTM. Ritual even offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Visit ritual.com slash NTM today for 10% off your first three months. Again, that's ritual.com slash NTM for 10% off your first three months. I have a two-part question for you. What do you think the most difficult issues are that are facing young women today? And the second part is, how are these issues different than issues that we're facing past generations? It's an interesting question because I do think there's a lot of things that are still unfortunately really the same Uh and there are some that are different. I mean, I know that for me, a lot of the sort of obstacles that I faced, I still feel are preying on young girls because, you know, I know for myself, just the fixation, for example, on our appearance and how we look. I always think back. I actually only now when I look back, realize how abnormal it was that in my friend group, pretty much all of us was either on a diet or had like an actual blatant eating disorder. Like I had a friend who was anorexic and bulimic and like I never really questioned it. It was just sort of, so there was obviously that type of of fixation. And I just think in general, like the media is not only so damaging and how it objectifies girls, but also that it doesn't really provide them with real role models. You know, it's really hard what girls are subjected to or very reinforcing messages that, to have them value their voice, see themselves as leaders. I know like when I interviewed Cheryl Sandberg and she talked about how girls who speak out and or act like a leader are seen as like bossy, it's seen as like a negative thing. There's just Mm -hmm. so much disempowering messages out there for girls. And then I feel like today, Unfortunately, I think some of those issues are still the same. I still think in in some ways to me, it's like almost worse, or certainly I do think there's still an epidemic of eating disorders. The whole idea of social media, while there are positive things, I think makes it all even more pronounced and there's like no break from it in terms of just like posting selfies and getting likes. And I just think that it just makes this time so much more (laughs) problematic to escape from it. So I do feel like there are pretty much most of the same challenges and yet some new ones that make it even harder to escape from some of those influences. In Dare to Be You, you talk to people about ways to overcome hard times. And I think that's the kind of advice we can all use because I know very few of us who aren't going to face some hard times in life. So what messages would you like to pass on based on that? Yeah, I mean, I always feel like that's so important to talk about because it's like what you said, like, it's just part of life. It's just one of those things that we just have to understand that we're going to face. And I think one thing that I found and is a a good way to think about it is the people who are in my book who have really accomplished incredible things have often also faced unbelievable obstacles and personal challenges on all kinds of scales, whether it's having to deal with racism or poverty or some type of sexual violence. I mean, the people that I've talked to, even like someone like an Oprah or my Angelou or Eve Ensler, who have managed to face really hard times and then not only like the concept of like turning pain to power, that these hard times are often times where we can experience the most growth as a person and also can give us 
a sort of this, in some ways, when you face something like that, you're not scared of like, you know, the little challenges along the way. It gives you just more of kind of this strength. It's almost like, you know, there's a, there's a blessing in facing those times that if you look at it from the right approach, but it's also is that sense of like, finding the ways that you, you know, that there's a lot of advice, I think, also in, in the books about how to cope with those times, how to find strength. I mean, I also feel like even in the ways that I have sections on taking care of you and practices like, you know, meditation or whatever it is, you know, I mean, there are things that also I think that I'm hoping there are strategies and practices that we can all take that can help us get through some of these times, in addition to just finding a different, like, mindset in terms of how we approach them. And you've talked to all these women who are so established in their fields, and it seems like they've really found their purpose. They know what they're doing with their lives, and they've done amazing things. And I'm wondering what advice you might have to young women or just a woman in general who doesn't feel like she's really found that purpose yet. And maybe is just working jobs, but hasn't found anything she's really passionate about yet. I think, you know, and and that's why sometimes I tell the story of my own journey to sort of just say that, like, that's okay if you don't know yet, you know, because sometimes the combination of like, yes, you can chart your path. If someone had told me that I would be doing what I'm doing right now, I, I don't know that I would have even believed them. I think just being open to what life is going to throw at you and new experiences and really watching where your interests are, like what you're passionate about. Because I think that the reason why I call the book Dare to Be You is because, to me, it is about really finding out, like, who you uniquely are. What is it that is, like, makes you uniquely you that only you can maybe contribute to the world? And, mm-hmm. and what are your passions? What are the things that you enjoy? And turning that, and it doesn't have to be that it's a career. You can do many things. You can think about my younger daughter who she's a writer and she writes children's books, but she also writes music and she's, you know, like, you know, like you can have like, you can be like multidimensional. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. one thing is one message. And then, as I said, I think, you know, I have a section in leading the way that's all about redefining success because I think that's the other thing is realizing that like success is not about money. It's not about titles. It's not about your impressive resume to me, redefining success about a life of fulfillment, finding work that sort of feels aligned with your values and your calling, connection, time with your family, giving back, time for yourself. Like, I just think we need to like relook at also like what it means to lead a successful full life. What are some of the common themes that you have heard from the people you've interviewed about courage, about finding that deep down courage when it's most important? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I always say it was, you know, because I had the honor of interviewing um, Dr. Maya Angelou twice, and it was the only point she made in both interviews was this idea of that courage was the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can practice any other virtue consistently. And I feel like right now, in particular, this is a time where just based on What's going on in our country and the world and needing women to rise up, I feel like just having that kind of sense of breaking through, you know, sort of like that quote that like Gloria Steinem has said in my interview with her was sort of just about like that fear, I don't have it right in front of me, but that you feel fear and you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That like just knowing that if it's important enough to you, it's either a goal that you want to achieve, or it's a cause you want to advocate for, or it's something you want to say, 
it's almost like bigger than you is just kind of pushing through that sense of like limitation or fear that you have. And, and what Maya Angelou had said in an interview with me is that the more you do it in little ways, the easier it will get when you have like really big acts of courage to do. Yeah. And, and then each time you do it, just celebrating when you've pushed through those fears that you feel. Mm-hmm. If there was only one piece of advice that you could pass on to your two daughters, what would that be of everything you've learned? And I do it all the time, by the way. Like, <laughs> Sounds like a good mother. Um, but this is part of it. I want you to know that it was really my, my younger daughter, Lotus, encouraged me to do Dare to Be You because she felt like she's been had this front row seat on between, you know, my work with my organizations and, and these interviews. I mean, uh-huh. they literally like all I do is like come home with like little pieces of advice on what Oprah said to me or whatever. <laughs> I think it's a combination of all the the good questions that you've asked. I do think, to me, one of the biggest things right now is really for every person to realize that to celebrate who it is that they are uniquely and to not to try to have a relationship with your sort of like inner voice, because I feel like right now there's just so many inputs particularly coming at girls from that joy or I feel passionate about and those things like if I don't feel like I fit in or there's something that's different about me, like celebrate that. That's wonderful. That's what makes you unique and different. And that's what we need in the world. We need all aspects of all of us to be ordered to sort of like live a full, meaningful life and achieve our full potential. So I think maybe that would be it is sort of just developing that relationship with your own self, your own inner voice, so that that can be the loudest because there'll be so many other voices that will come at them. Another chapter in your book, Leading the Way, is called Join Forces with Other Women. And I'm wondering what the women you interviewed had to say about that and the power of joining forces with other women. I feel like that is something that has to be underscored because, and I really think this is something, I don't even know if it's by the media or by our culture that sort of tries to pit women against each other to be competitive and feel like there's not, you know, enough attention, enough money, enough men. I don't know what it is for like <laughs> to go around. It yeah. starts young. I think in, in girlhood, this whole mean girls culture of just like, feeling like this competition, but that's not natural. And it's actually the opposite of where we're going to find the support and our most collective power. I'm very fortunate that I've been a part of a lot of efforts. I mean, I'm constantly just had a huge event on women and money where I brought together all these different leaders who were philanthropists and gender philanthropists, and all, all looking to work together and build coalitions and learn from each other so that they can move money in all kinds of even greater ways by having that type of collaborative energy. So I, I'm constantly seeing that women were much stronger when we are working together, when we're supporting each other. There are a lot of people who were in my interviews who talked about, if you get a seat at the table, like pull up another chair, make room for another woman, or using our voices if you are in a position of power and privilege to make sure that we're using it to uplift those who don't have as much of a voice or are more marginalized. And then also, I always think about Gloria Steinem's quote where she says, you know, if we're we're alone, if you don't join forces, you know, you, you start to feel more crazy and alone. Like the idea of also like, I feel like we need community. We're communal creatures. And, you know, that's where we're going to find support and strength is by us all joining forces. And I feel like that's the energy of what's happening now, very naturally. And I think it's about really intentionally reaching out 
and realizing, as I said, I feel like we're an unstoppable force when women do link arms. And I like to say, and I, I do, I believe, have, you know, some quotes, and I talk about this all the time, including men and in, in, into this too, because men are also increasingly looking to be allies to women, and also men benefit from these conversations too about destructive gender stereotypes negatively impacting them too. So broadening the conversation to include men into it as well. Yeah. And who are some of the men who are at the forefront of the movement for women's equality today? There thankfully are so many and some are doing it in very outspoken ways. And I think some are just sort of finding their way. We have to find ways to include them in. But it's been important to me to interview men and have men in my events just because I think this is not a women's issue. Men do want to be part of these conversations. So I interviewed Gavin Newsom, who's the governor of California. I mean, he's a very big advocate um, and has done, you know, a lot of, of great work towards gender equality. I interviewed Nicholas Kristof, who, of course, is like, you know, the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who has covered and, and written books all about um, the status of women. And then there are organizations that I have partnered with, like A Call to Men, which you can find out about. There's a lot of different organizations that are out there that are actually appealing to men to be part of what is a growing movement. As I said, not just men who want to be supportive and allies and realize they benefit from gender equality and having women represented and our voices and visions at the table, but also are starting to realize how negative it has been for their full expression of themselves, some of these very destructive gender stereotypes. And I think we're seeing that play out in our culture right now about how bad that can be and destructive for men and boys. So there are so many. I mean, I remember when I interviewed President Jimmy Carter, you know, he's basically said that his last part of his life has really been dedicated to fighting against all of the, the real global atrocities that are happening to women and girls around the world. So there's there's so many. And and then anybody who just, you know, models that and, you know, I think, you know, even, you know, when we had Barack Obama, I think there were there was there's all kinds of, of great men out there who are talking about these issues and calling themselves a feminist. So I think that is really important and refreshing to see. Marianne, our show is called Nobody Told Me, and we always ask our guests, what's your nobody told me lesson? What is it that nobody told you about? finding your voice or living fearlessly or making a difference or or leading with courage, those kinds of things that you had to learn on your own and that you'd like to pass on to others? I mean, I think it's in all those things that I've said. I mean, I, I, I guess I feel like what I really learned from my own teenage girlhood and as I've like evolved into the woman that I am now is all the time that I sort of wasted trying to be somebody other than myself mm-hmm. and how hard that was mm-hmm. to do. And I think that would probably be the one thing that I would go back and, and course correct, because I feel like that is just the absolute opposite of what one needs to do in order to really find out who they are and lead a meaningful life that's aligned with their highest expression of themselves. So that would probably be, you know, in addition to everything else, I think right now, it's a time when we just really want to be authentic and real and true and even the things we think to hide about ourselves, you know, our challenges, I think we need to be talking about them more because I don't think life is going to change. And I, that's what's inspiring about 
right now, the time that we're living in, as hard as it is, we're talking about sexism and racism. Women are sharing like these buried stories and me too. You know, I feel like right now it is a time where we really it's not time to like hide the truth of what we're experiencing. It's the time to share all of that so that we can heal ourselves, but also so we can create change. Oh, that's a fantastic answer. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah. And you have an awesome online presence. And we're wondering if you could let our listeners know how they can check you out and learn more about the books. Thank you so much. The one sort of like main hub would probably be my personal website, which is com, which has sort of everything. It has all my writings. It has all the books. It has links to my platforms. And then I have feminist.com as well as whatwillittake.com. So I also have um, these platforms that are, are working through events and, and content and resources to point people and connect people with further resources and ways that they can find out more information about all the themes that I cover in my books and writings. Well, Marianne, we thank you so much for joining us. This has been really enlightening and we love the work that you do because I personally happen to feel that if you're feeling alone and you read a quote or some wisdom from someone else, it has just a wonderful way of filling you up and making you feel like you're not so alone and someone else has been there. Yeah, and what's so great about the books, too, is I, I like that they're just very easy to digest. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. get a little bit of wisdom, and that's kind of how I am. I just I like <laughs> short little bits of information that can make a big difference, so I think you've done a great job. Right, and each chapter focuses on something that you may need at a particular point, and maybe you don't need the others right now, so you can pick and choose. Well, thank you so much. I mean, obviously, that was definitely my goal, and it means a lot to get that type of feedback. So thank you. You achieved it. (laughs) Thanks so much, Marianne. Again, our thanks to Marianne Schnall, whose latest books are Leading the Way, Inspiring Words for Women on How to Live and Lead with Courage, Confidence, and Authenticity, and also her new book for girls called Dare to Be You, Inspirational Advice for Girls on Finding Your Voice, Living Fearlessly, and Making a Difference. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. 